0: Uh, he was with us. He is uh, a preeminent uh, lawyer, and I know he has a
1: <laughs> <laughs> he checks in the mail there, Doc. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good afternoon again, folks. And Bill, nice Busters, you being Bill, here. Bill Busters. Bill Busters. Think yeah, about it. Who are you think call about it. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And executive producer is Glenda Smith. Uh, digital media producer <clears throat> is Ivan Ortega. Scouts Honor Productions. Uh, today we have uh, our panelists, three panelists, who are esteemed. Lori Roper, who is the Cook County uh, Supervisor, Attorney, uh, Problem Solving Courts, and also Brian Scanlon, a Cook County Assistant uh, Attorney, Public Defender Office. And they have a guest with them, Samantha Stilner, Stiltner, Stiltner uh, JMLS, uh, UIC, and she is with the Veteran Clinic Staff Attorney. So today we have a discussion, updates on the JMLS, Uh, UIC Veteran Legal Support Center, and clinic. And we are so, so happy to have you. Uh, Who wants to start off? Lori, do you want to start?
2: Uh, Yes, Uh, first of all, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm glad to be back.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, How are you, Ernesto? Good,
1: good, how are you, Lori? (laughs) I'm (laughs) a
2: while. I'm good. Good to hear you. Uh, But uh, the one thing is that I'm so excited about this guest because The one thing is is that our office, the Public Defender's Office, does represent the veterans in criminal court, and we try to help them get services through that avenue. However, there's a whole other area of law which includes a lot of civil issues that we just don't cover because that's just not what our office does. But there is an office that does help veterans with other issues, and that's JMLS. So, Brian, would you uh, like to continue to let our, uh, the listening audience know what JMLS is all about with Samantha?
3: Well, yes, and I'll, I would be, I'd be very gra- glad. Nice to see you or actually hear from you again, Colonel Lori. Okay.
2: Hey. Um, hey,
3: Brian. Good. <laughs> as a few of your listening audience might know, particularly my parents who are always listening, I'm a John Marshall graduate. I'm very proud to say I went to John Marshall, yeah. uh, which is now – I should correct myself the university of um illinois Illinois in chicago's law school Mm -hmm. the only public law school in chicago um so congratulations uh, and what i would like to say is um i really like the fact that um john marshall's clinic can take us a little further than what we can do we we handle the crisis now there's other types of crisis that we can't handle as lawyers saying, such as say you have your driver's license that's been suspended, or you need some benefits, um, medical, or um, that pertain to getting your records, or just helping you in general to smooth out your life. Um, that's why we reach out to Samantha, who's right here. I'd like her to introduce herself and tell us all about the transition to John Marshall to um, University of Illinois in Chicago. Please lead off.
4: Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I really appreciate it. I just want a, a thumbs up if you can hear me. Yes, we can. Yes. Yeah. All right, stellar. Uh, I've been teaching on Zoom for uh, almost two years at this point, and so I always ask for the thumbs up just so I know people can hear me. <laughs> uh, the transition to UIC has been wonderful. Uh, we maintain having our own law school, but also get the resources of a state school, which is fantastic. I personally am writing articles, and I have access to library articles that I have not had before. So the transition, while difficult for all of us, you know, because it's a big transition and integration, it's been great. Great. I think think we have more resources now to help that. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, Colonel, I would just like to ask, you know, we have the big graduation for the vets who clean up their lives and return to their original mission of, of commitment to themselves in the country, um, how can John Marshall actually take such a successful person? And maybe they want to go to law school, or maybe they want to go to University of Illinois in Chicago, or, or maybe one of their family members who's listening wants to push them into an education. Could they reach out to you, Samantha, or somebody Absolutely. where you could guide them?
4: Yeah, so we have a team in our veterans' legal clinic, including the director and senior staff attorney, and we are more than happy, and we have had folks that have come to us and said, you know what, I was thinking about law school, or maybe I want to go to college, and we are here, we are here to help, we are here to to support, and so we can get them into the right people or the right part of the school to get them to where they need to be. I've certainly had that. I had the honor of having somebody come for help that their grandfather was somebody that went to JMLS and that's wonderful. And so, uh, you know, he would send me pictures of his dad when he was in law school at John Marshall. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's wild because now I'm able to help his son who was in the service and went to law enforcement after.
1: Let me ask you something, uh, Samantha. This is Ernesto, and I'm I'm an attorney, uh, and Mm -hmm. attended Vietnam veteran, and uh, attended college after I returned. I attended college prior to going to Vietnam, but also after I returned. And of course, uh, went to I went to a state school; it was free. And then I went to law school. Some. Uh, eight years after graduating from undergrad, and I went to Northern Illinois University, the College of Law, and the tuition was free because it was a state school. So now that John Marshall has joined um, and become a UIC, John Marshall, uh, can a person, can a veteran attend that state school uh, free of charge, as I was able to do at Northern Illinois, since it's a state my school understanding now? Is, yeah.
4: My understanding is that they can.
1: Okay. Well right. that's great because you couldn't go to John Marshall uh, tuition free uh, a veteran yeah. couldn't but uh, right. yeah
4: right. you would have USA. to use your GI bill or something yeah. along those lines I've certainly had uh, a number of students that have done that but no we're we're the only free or excuse me we're the only state that college that's free in Chicago now. So right, it's really exciting. Great news. Great news.
0: Yeah, do you ever reach out to the, uh, you know, to, to the, a lot of uh, people when I was going through, you know, I went through the medical route, so, you know, I got a medical degree. But there are people, you know, in the units, uh, National Guard, Air Guard, and Army National Guard. Do, do, do they reach out to them because I, I bet there have been some candidates there, some really good ones who would uh, really looked at following a law degree uh, because they have a JAG Corps. And uh, so that, that might be a, an avenue. I'm not sure if they, they reach out to the other schools.
4: So I'm not uh, entirely certain on <laughs> what the outreach is at okay. UIC main campus. Okay. That's something yeah. that we're all still learning. Yes. because even though the transition was a year ago it's it's a transition right so they acquired our law school so those are things that we're still learning but i know that there are advisors that are there to help them i know that there are advisors that are you know privy to that kind of information and things like that if anybody has any questions like that i i welcome them to come to us because we can get them in the right spots talk to the people that have that
0: information. Yeah, I know you have really passionate instructors there, because I have to man- mention two of my good friends, I've traveled with them, yeah. but uh, Professor Michael Singh, um and uh, mm, Professor Judy Munson, <laughs> Judy Munson, um, <laughs> <I> Oh, <know she's laughs> mm, <yes. laughs> but they were f- phenomenal. Uh, right. Uh, so let me ask you, well, is the school I, still I located, is it, you still have the
1: location where John Marshall was located, right, on Plymouth? Yeah, Port. absolutely, and we're is, still on State and Jackson. Is there, is, is there a campus on uic also or just just uh on the
4: law school's campus will maintain on state
1: just curious thank you
4: but we are open so we uh as faculty and professors just went back about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and so we're starting our transition back in and it's been so much fun to be back on campus to see the students and to be able to interact with people that I haven't seen in a year and a half, uh, security for one, those those guys do an amazing job. So when I walked in and I saw some of those folks, I'm like, I missed you so much, <laughs> you know what I mean? But seeing the students too, uh, it's it's been really wonderful to be back in person, even though, you know, the circumstance, we've still been able to keep the doors open, get students in. We want to make sure that they have that kind of, Kinship and camaraderie that they hadn't had mm-hmm. when we weren't able to do that.
0: Yeah, so yeah. so uh, the, the uh, students, I guess, get involved in the legal clinic as well. You know, helping veterans and um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And uh, you know, in the medical field, we were doing things like virtual, uh, you know, uh, tr- treatment for uh, medical conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes. But I'm not sure if they were doing that in the legal realm as well. Whether you were doing partly virtual you know, um, communications with clients um, and and, and how that worked out?
4: (laughs) So what we did as a team was try to decide the best way to take care of students and take care of veterans at the same time while still dealing with the boards for discharge upgrades along with the VA. And so we decided that we were going to kind of make it client-centric. So if client was good, and able and capable to be online and to do Zoom meetings or things like that, we would certainly do that. For those folks that weren't able to do that, we came up with other protocols that was, you know, phone calls or things like that. Uh, We did not do any in-person meetings just for the safety of everyone involved uh, because it is a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So the students have been working with vets this entire time. We've never stopped working with that. The students have never stopped working with that, but we've been doing it uh, via phone and it's working out. It seems like everybody's getting a little bit more comfortable. Those folks that were able to, to do it online and zoom, we've had countless numbers of hearings that were done over zoom with, you know, maybe, you know, I was in Michigan for a part of the COVID epidemic. And so like, Even being remote, what I've seen is that things have actually gotten a little bit better on the law side because we've been able to streamline, be more efficient, and be able to do those hearings online.
0: Okay. You know, and I'm sure that uh – you know judge hooks would be really in alignment with that as a marine adapt and overcome sounds like you've <laughs> been successful in doing that <laughs> um well, we then. do <laughs> and i was wondering you know also uh, as as people are returning now we just looked at what happened with Afghanistan and we know that um, many service members are starting to return uh, what are some of the concerns about redeploying uh, soldiers that you've run across you know recently re- redeployed for either Iraq or um, Afghanistan? are there certain special you know certain you know legal issues that arise more so than others
4: so if that question is directed towards me, mm-hmm. we We really only deal with veterans, right? Those folks that are out of service already. So our main concern at this point is re-traumatizing them. Because I have Afghan and Iraqi vets that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it in the news. It's like, what did we even do this for? They lost people. They lost years of their lives. They, you know, were stop lost and had to in a deployment that they didn't think they were going to be in for much longer. So right now we're really focusing on the mental health of those vets okay. to make sure that they're okay, that we can do the best that we can and um, give them the services or provide them information on services at the VA that will really help them because I am not a vet. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Okay. I come from a long line of uh, service members mm-hmm. and, but I un I don't understand, but I recognize that that can be incredibly difficult for somebody who went through those tours, lost people, and now everything's kind of falling apart, quite frankly. And this is only my opinion, not JMLS's opinion. And I want to reach
0: out to those families. You know, now they have Gold Star families officially, you know, 13 Mm -hmm. veterans lost their lives, 10 Were Marines, and then uh, what we didn't hear initially in the news reports is that We had an Army guy in there, too. Yeah, there's an Army guy. (laughs) We're we're, we're both Army, so (laughs) can't forget about him. Yes, yes. Uh, And and then we had uh, about 18 who were injured still who are in the hospital. Uh, So it's a little bit broader than what uh, initially sort of came out. So death is not the only um, criterion for, you know, uh, suffering in war. The people who are the casualties, who we don't sure. not sure of what their status is. You know, the ones who are in the hospital.
1: Let me ask Brian something. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you're with sure. the uh, Public yeah. Defender's Office, correct? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I guess the majority of veterans, uh, certainly mm-hmm. at one time, probably still Vietnam veterans. I would I would presume. Um, in the criminal justice system, are they still primarily Vietnam veterans that you may represent or uh, assist? Or are you seeing, you know, some of the Afghan, Kuwaiti uh, guys uh, coming in? Or how, how does that, how does that seem yes. to be working um, some out? Some I mean, of
3: our the, the big bulk of people in Veterans Treatment Court do <laughs> come from the Vietnam era, mm-hmm. or maybe not from the war itself, but from the seventies right. and into the early eighties. Um, they're generally the the clientele that we like to reach out to now that are in the mode to recovery. They're in the mode for reaching out, saying, I'm ready for change. I would really like to clean my life and my record, which we help in the expungement. And we would reach out to Samantha also and how we can expunge records. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we are experiencing some of the first, uh, for combat veterans, um, the first uh, Iraq war. And as we talked to the colonel about, um, when we recognize, when we look at your all-famous DD-214, one of the biggest things I like to w- look for when somebody has like uh, medals or um, commendations from combat: Were you actually trained for combat? And the people who get involved in combat who were not trained for combat—drivers, mechanics, cooks, and such—that mm-hmm. got caught involved in you know IEDs and stuff—they suffer the most uh, PTSD mm-hmm. for our group and end up usually with the opiate addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, thank you. And that's something I would also ask uh, Samantha is for Veterans Treatment Mm -hmm. Court, many of our people who graduate have been out of the service for a long time or out of school for a long time. Mm -hmm. There used to be a program at John Marshall which transitioned, like you, you did a couple classes before you started law school. Is that program still available to everyone, including veterans?
4: I'm not familiar with that program but I can't echo what you say. It's typically older veterans, uh, and I just had a widow call me this week, and it was her husband. You know, he retired. The kids all grew up and moved away, and then he had a lot of time to think, and then it became an issue. I will tell you one of my greatest, uh, not my success story certainly it was his, but when I was in uh, Veterans Treatment Court as a student. I had a 21 year old, and he was an Iraqi vet, and he had done everything, and he was he came to us through the Veterans Treatment Court because he was he got a ticket while he was at the VA for drunken disorderly t- conduct or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I saw him, and I I just remember going, "Are you okay? Are you getting what you need?" Mm-hmm. And he said no, and so through the veteran treatment court and through the social workers, I'm like I can't say enough about the social workers. They're, I mean, God bless them because they're doing God's work truly. And within six months, he had gotten the mental health treatment he needed. He had gotten the treatment, you know, other kind of physical ailments that he had got during his service. And even the judge, after six months, was like, I can tell. Like, you're just better. Wow. And he was homeless when he came to us. By six, month, and by six months, he had his, had his own apartment. Mm-hmm. He had got a part-time job. He was just stable. And that's the importance of these treatment courts. This
2: is why they exist. Yeah. I think that's so and phenomenal.
0: I, I, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm so happy about this is because um, many of these veterans uh, that you're actually giving these services to, it stabilizes their lives and why that's important. And also the expungement that Brian was talking about their records. They can now look at the pen and compensation uh, side of things. And they should be yeah. you know, able to get those resources that mm-hmm. they deserve after having been traumatized. Sure. Uh, whether it's physically or mentally. And so you're actually opening the gate mm-hmm. for them to actually have a better life overall. Yeah.
1: But you know what's interesting <laughs> Brian said was that yeah. some of the mm-hmm. people, and I was an infantry mm-hmm. soldier and mm-hmm. you combat medic and so forth, mm-hmm. um, that some of the people who were not trained for infantry were affected more so than people who were trained with other MOSs, uh, transportation or supply mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. that you find a lot of them, Brian, is what you're telling me, people who were not um, trained infantry for killing and so forth uh, were affected more.
3: Uh, yes, that? we That's find that they, um, mm-hmm. they have a much more difficult uh, period uh, adjusting after such a traumatic event because they were never really, I guess, right. taught how to deal with it or how to transition out of it and deal with it after it, whereas mm-hmm. the combat veterans would group together, I, from what I'm told, mm-hmm. and deal with what happened. And then our, our biggest heroin addicts, opiate addicts, are these soldiers that just weren't prepared mentally or physically for an explosive event. Mm-hmm. And then we have extra services through the vet to, in Veterans Treatment Court um, to, to, to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I find that one of our, our um, greatest accomplishments and one of our most difficult clientele to deal with.
0: Yeah cuz that, that was one of the things with the people coming back was uh, when I was uh, in I was running the Illinois Department of Public Health but helped the VA with uh, you know the equivalency for people who were coming back as far as getting you know EMT and paramedic certifications mm-hmm. and they and at first they were saying uh, aren't you worried about these people you know going out and having trauma in the in the general community I said I said they were born to do that. I said (laughs) that's why they were there overseas doing this. So when they came back, they were a little bit more resilient than the general population of people coming back from the service that would think about doing that uh, that as a a profession. Interesting.
4: As as an aside, though, I -hmm. I think that one of the things that may be hurting veterans is that idea that if you are 11 Bravo and you are infantry, that you can deal with this. (laughs) And I see that a lot because you are infantry. You're expected to deal with this. I, uh, I'm okay saying I'm 35. So a lot of my friends that have been in the service have been deployed multiple times into these war zones. They're told you're infantry, you can deal with this. Mm -hmm. And then when they come back and I tell them, let's start working on your benefits. Let's start working on your mental health. Let's make sure you're okay. They're like, I'm infantry. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. yeah. I, I came um, back. I should say, I've been to Vietnam. You can't, you know, nothing right. phases nothing me. I've me. I've already, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've been through the, ringer, right. but you right. know, it's right. not, it, it still affects yeah. those that were yeah. trained in exactly. infantry. Exactly. So I think battle. there's that
4: stigma yeah. that we all yeah. need to be really, really cognizant of yeah. that when we talk about combat vets, yeah. uh, because I think that's one of the reasons it's difficult yeah. to get those folks yeah. To come back and say, I, I'm i having a hard time.
0: Oh, you know, we're running out of time, so we have to close out. I can't believe it. Every time I get on with Brian and Lori, Samantha, you just won't believe this. Mean, I keep saying we need a 12-hour show. Uh, yeah. this is just, it gets so interesting. Kurt, I, I gave, you some, I gave you some Red
1: Bull before we
0: started. <laughs> <laughs> I <gave> a,
3: my <laughs> so first sip of yeah, Red Bull. Mine
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the lineup. Uh, I said, we better have some Red Bull first. Yeah, So, so. <laughs>
3: So, and, Colonel, and, can we invite you to the next graduation and invite Samantha and our other guests? And, I would love it. And really sure. reach out to these veterans who have cleaned their lives up and in Veterans Treatment Court graduation and, and just say hello.
0: I would love it. Yeah. I would love, absolutely love yeah. it. Absolutely. And uh, so, absolutely. Uh, right. that Help tells me us how can people contact the, uh, the school you know, to, to uh, apply, like uh, John Marshall Law School, uh, UIC? Uh, to, to if they're thinking about the career, if they want to apply or get, get in line to uh, serve in, in the legal profession.
4: So if somebody wants to contact the school uh, in order to talk about some kind of schooling issue or you know see what they can do, they can contact us at 3124272737.
0: Okay, so 312-427-2735. Get your career kickstarted. started uh, 37, uh, two three seven, 2737. Three seven. Yeah. Oh, two, two <clears throat> okay, excellent. Yes,
4: sir. And then I would also like, if anyone wants to contact us for, you know, benefits purposes, discharge upgrade purposes, I would like to give that number as well if it's okay.
0: fine. Go very quickly. 855-452-3526. Okay, three, five. Two, two. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for an uh, excellent yeah. job. And- Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.